I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves for their life outside of their sports. Thank you for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm Luke Fedlam, and I am so pumped to have this conversation today on athlete decision-making. So before we get into it, I just want to say thank you for all of the listeners, for everyone who's subscribing, who's sharing topics and, and commenting on the podcast with us. Please, please keep doing that. Keep sending me the topics that you want to hear about as it relates to protecting athletes. Please do subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. Because that's really what we're doing this for. We're doing this for the listeners and trying to make an impact as people think about how best to protect all of the possibilities that athletes and others have to have a positive impact on themselves, their families, and their communities. So with that out of the way, let's dive into this topic this week on athlete decision-making. Now, this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart as I've really thought about it for a number of years in terms of what really goes into a decision-making process, specifically as it relates to athletes, and more importantly, how do you create an intentional, repeatable process that athletes can lean on for the decisions that they need to make outside of their sport? So let's, let's be very clear. Athletes are great decision makers, especially when it comes to their sport, right? I mean, they've been trained for their entire life to make split-second decisions. So we know that coaches have talked about, you know, be right, be wrong, but don't be indecisive. And so we know that this decision-making and this ability to make split-second decisions comes from years and years of practice. So a lot of times people will say, well, athletes then just are, are following their instincts. They just have a good gut for the game. They have a good you know, instinctual perspective of the game and can make these split-second decisions. Well, those instincts really are learned behaviors. It's just, it's that muscle memory, right? It's just been learned with years and years and thousands upon thousands of reps at that particular situation so that when they see certain things happen, they can react because their brain can process this information so quickly. So so let's think about that then. Let's think about that in, in terms of sports and how quickly that happens. You know, I'm a big fan of sports science and understanding kind of the scientific side of sports. And for those of you who who don't know, you know, ESPN has, you know, had various segments of of sports science over the years. And and here I just want to share a couple of them with you. So in softball, when a softball pitcher is pitching a fastball, the batter has 25 hundredths of a second to make a decision as to whether they're going to swing, how they're going to swing, et cetera, how the ball is coming out of the hand of the pitcher. All of that happens in an absolute fraction of a second. When we think about basketball, you know, Steph Curry, they talk about how quick his release is and he can release and shoot the basketball in four tenths of a second, four tenths of a second. Now it takes the human eye one tenth of a second to recognize when things are happening around us. So the defender has three tenths of a second to decide how they're going to react to what Steph Curry is doing. Now, 
when you think about that, you know, these are just two very, very quick examples of the split second nature of the decision making that's going on in an athlete's mind in their sport. And when they do this, they, they get instant feedback. These on the court, on the field decisions really come with this instant feedback. You know, as an athlete, whether you did the right thing or the wrong thing, right? Whether your decision making was successful or, or not successful. And, and in fact, and unfortunately, sometimes, obviously, the entire world knows whether you made a good decision or a bad decision. And fans are screaming at their TVs or screaming in the, in the stands, you know, whether that was a good decision or, or a bad decision. So you get that instant feedback. But what about when these decisions have to be made outside of their sport, outside of this environment where there has been this muscle memory, if you will, of constant repetition, of constant studying, and preparing and training. And now decisions have to be made in a place where they haven't had to make decisions all the time. And feedback isn't always instant. Decisions like selecting you know, various advisors around them, an agent, a lawyer, a, a financial advisor, a business manager, deciding whether to make you know, particular investment decisions around investing in a business or deciding about how they're going to handle various relationships within their life. This whole notion of decision-making outside of sport can be challenging because they're oftentimes untrained decisions, right? I mean, trained decisions of going through the reps within your sport makes those decisions easy because you can see information, you can process information as it's happening. You've been in those scenarios so many times so that when you see the person you're defending do this, you know I'm going to do that. And you can do that in a split second. Uh, when you see certain factors you know, happening around you, you then know how you're going to react to that. But this, this idea of untrained and handling and managing untrained decisions can be daunting, can be challenging. And, and in an environment where you're used to making split-second decisions, now slowing that process down and figuring out how to make a decision when it's not in the, the heat of the moment, when it's not a, a split-second you know, requirement around you, and yet now you have to make this decision that could have a significant life impact in you, that can be challenging. That can be daunting. That can be difficult if you haven't trained or prepared for how to handle that. And it can be even more difficult if you don't even know where to start. If you haven't put thought into what your intentional, repeatable decision-making process is for those off the court, off the field, outside of your sport decisions. Now, now let's think about this, right? There's, there are always these conversations in, in various athlete development circles around all the different topics of relationship management and career exploration outside of your sport and networking and managing business opportunities and building your brand and financial management. And all of that is important. It's critical to understand. But when you think about it, the foundation for all of those topics of personal and professional development they start with decisions. They start with how are you deciding to handle certain aspects? How are you deciding to manage the relationships in your life? How are you deciding to, to manage the finances that you have in your life? How are you deciding 
to plan for a career outside of your sport through networking and career exploration? How are you deciding what you're spending your time with and how you're investing the resource of time outside of your sport and your brand and building your brand? These are all based on decisions that you have to make. So it would stand to reason that you have to come up with and think about what is my process for making decisions? Now, we can go across various industries and various professions and see that there are decision-making processes that employees and others are told to use, right? So for those of you who know, I spent time in the military. I was an infantry officer and then an air defense artillery officer. And in the military, there is very widely known MDMP, the military decision-making process. And it is a very particular process around how you receive information you know, conduct your mission analysis and develop various courses of action and war game and plan it out. And you, you know, use this process to handle situations both in combat and in times of peace as well. And it's a process that is used by military leaders at all levels. And it's repeated. And it's, it's a process that everyone gets taught so that you understand how to manage, you know, those various aspects of, of military decision making. Um, if you talk to, you know, investment analysts, they have a process that they use for understanding various aspects of asset allocation and style drift and how they want to handle that and things like that. There are industries that have this process, you know, that they will use for the types of decisions that they have to make. But something that we don't often talk to athletes about is what could be a personal decision-making process for athletes. And I've spent a lot of time thinking through this uh, process and analyzing ways in which to come up with a process that makes sense for athletes. Because oftentimes, if you were to ask, and if you're, if you're an athlete, you will think about, if you're asked to think about what your process is, you know, there are some common responses, right? And I hear these common responses from athletes of things like, I'm just going based on my gut or, you know, my instinct, discernment around an individual or what someone's bringing to me. Oftentimes it could be relationship based. You know, I, I, I trust this person. So if they recommend X, I'm going to go with X. Sometimes it's just listing out pros and cons. And, and it could also be that maybe, you know, an athlete has delegated the responsibility for certain decision making to somebody else. And so these are all normal ways of, of making decisions. And, and I think, you know, whether you're an athlete or someone who works with athletes or you have nothing to do with uh, the sports world whatsoever, these are common models for people making decisions. But what I want to share is something that is a little bit more intentional because there are consequences and repercussions to the decisions that we make. And for athletes, oftentimes these decisions while they're playing um, and, and oftentimes as they transition out of their sport, these decisions can, can lead to very significant consequences. And so we want to have a very intentional decision-making process so that it can lead to ultimately an informed decision. So this is the process, right? You, you know, all this buildup and background, right? You're like, just get to the point, right? Well, here's the point. The point is that I've created a process that, that I think is something that can be memorable repeatable and intentional for athletes to use when making a decision. And I call it REAP. And I've had conversations and worked with the NCAA and their elite athletes. I've worked with professional athletes, various NFL teams, you know, and other groups of professional basketball players and others 
around this topic, and I'll share it with you today. It's, it's called REAP, R-E-A-P. And it's this idea you know, that, that helps make it more, a little bit more memorable is you reap what you sow. Right? So in other words, what you put into this decision-making process around REAP truly is what you will get back out of it. And, and what we ultimately want is the ability to get out of it an informed decision an educated decision, a decision that isn't a split-second in-game decision, but rather a decision that you've slowed down the process so that you can make a response to something happening in your life in a way that could hopefully positively impact yourself, your family, your community, whatever that decision you know, is based on. So REAP, let's get into REAP. R, that's recognize the decision. E is evaluate information. A is analyzing your options, and P is producing a result. So REAP, recognize the decision that you have to make, evaluate that information, analyze the different options that might exist, and then ultimately produce a result. So you know we don't have a lot of time to get into all the depths of this process, because again, I want to keep, I always want to keep these podcasts you know, relatively concise so that you can get some information and you can go on about your day. But let's spend just a few seconds on, on each different topic to help you better understand REAP and this decision-making model. So for R, recognizing this, the decision is an important place to start because oftentimes you think that a decision you know, might be one thing, but it really could be something else in terms of what you're making the decision about. This is where you slow down that process and you actually start to think about what is the outcome that I want based on whatever situation has come my way that I need to be able to make a decision around. And you want to be able to articulate what is the decision that you're making. So as an example, if, if let's say you're a, a professional athlete and a financial advisor comes, a new advisor comes to you and says, hey, we want, you know, you should invest in this and I can get you these kind of returns and all that kind of stuff. Your decision isn't necessarily just, do I want to go with that person? Your decision might be a whole host of decisions. How do I feel about the advice that I'm getting from my current advisor? Uh, do I you know, do I like my current mix of investments and, and should I consider other outside investments? Then maybe the decision is, do I want to have this person talk with my finance, current financial advisor? Do I want to consider possibly having a relationship with this particular advisor? Right? There are a series of different decisions that you may be making. And so you want to be very clear to yourself around articulating the decision that you want to make and that you're actually making. So then you get into E, evaluating information. So you know the decision now that you're making, and so you want to start to evaluate information around this particular decision. So you want to gather information. You want to start to involve other people in this process around you know, gaining their diverse perspectives and understanding what questions you might need to ask as you gather that information. And I share this with you too. You know, Oftentimes, if let's say you're making a decision and you just, before you even think about it, you just say to somebody, hey, I'm thinking about this, what do you think? That person is going to give you their personalized opinion on it, right? And that can be helpful or it can be really not helpful because it could just be an opinion. And we all know everybody's got an opinion. But when you start to go through this process and you are able to now articulate what that decision is that you're making and start to gather information, now you can bring in other people to say, hey, this is the decision I'm making. This is what I've started to understand. Can you help provide some insight into you know, what other information should I be gathering? What other questions should I be asking? And that's a much more 
laser-focused way of gaining information to help make an informed decision than just throwing out an idea and a concept to someone and then receiving their opinion. Now they can give you your trusted advisors, your family, or the people around you can give you much more targeted responses to what it is that you're looking for. So that's where, that's that second step, right? Evaluating the information. Now you need to analyze your options. This is the A step, right? Analyze your options. So now you start, you've gathered this information. So now you can start looking at the various options that you have as it relates to making your decision. And again, this is where you can bring in others to help you identify what some of those alternative options might be. This is where you can realize decisions aren't always binary, right? They're not always a yes or a no, right? There could be various ways of looking at this and the options help you understand that, you know, as you look at data, as you look at responses, as you look at the information you've gained, there may be a multitude of different options that you have to respond or to deal with this particular decision that you have to make. But again, your team of advisors can help you understand, you know, the various options that you have. And once you've done that, now you can start to go to that final step of actually producing your results, right? And this is where you really want to think about, okay, I've looked at my options. Somebody may have presented X to me, but my options say, you know what? There's probably YZ, LMNOP, you know, various options out there. And so now you can kind of negotiate those terms and come back and say, you know what? My response to you, the decision that I've made is rather than X that you've presented, I'm willing to do Y or I'm willing to do this other thing. And that can help put you in a better position to not be taken advantage of or to rather exert your leverage in the situation, right? But you want to think about it. How am I going to produce this decision? How, you know, am I going to send an email or am I going to call this person, right? And this is where you start to think about how do I review this process that I've gone through so that when I think about future decisions I have to make, I can learn from it. So as I continue to grow, continue to mature in business and professional decision-making and even personal decision-making, I've learned from my past decisions. I've learned from the process that I've gone through so that I can continue to make informed, you know, well-reasoned decisions uh, throughout my life. So again, I know I've said a lot, but I really wanted to share this idea of REAP, this idea of having an intentional athlete decision-making process, because these are important to understand as, you know, as athletes, as you think about yourself as the CEO of your business, you know, and you have all of these different people who are working for you, they're going to come up with, you know, various advice for you, but certain times you're going to have to make your own decision. And having a repeatable, intentional process that leads to an informed decision uh, really does help you to make that positive impact in the decisions that you make. So again, hopefully this makes sense both to those who are athletes and deal with athletes. Also, you know, those others who have reached out to me who are listening to this podcast who have nothing to do with sports, um, but, but love the content that we're putting out there. You know, this is a decision-making process that can be applied uh, by anyone. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully you've taken from it. Uh, please do, again, subscribe to our podcast, leave comments. If, if this is helpful for you, if this is informative to you, please share it. That's how we, that's how we kind of grow our, our footprint as it relates to reaching people with, um, with this content and with this learning. I thank you for those who have subscribed and, and reach out to us. I ask you, please do feel free uh, to do that if you're finding value in these podcasts. But again, this is the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I love having these conversations. And you know, I always love on certain conversations, as you know who are my faithful listeners, you know that there are certain times where I like to just hog the mic and just have it all to myself. And this is one of those topics because again, I've been thinking about this and writing about this and, and working on this for a long time. It's near and dear to my heart because 
the, the better you are at making decisions, the less likely you are to be taken advantage of. And that's really why I do what I do. So again, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate the comments that we're getting. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thanks and really have a great day. Porter Wright, Morrison Arthur, LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.